like listening to this podcast definitely feels like, you know, like I'm maybe completely uh, ripping it off, but this is what I imagine a New York <laughs> underground jazz bar lounge. Hello, and thank you for joining us again. Welcome to another episode of the Asian Narrative Podcast, where we talk about important matters, including identity, culture, and societal issues, all in relations to being Asian in the West. I'm your host, Sasaki, joined by my co-hosts, Satoko and Lin. And today's is a special episode because we are joined by a special guest. In this episode, we will be talking about our childhood, being multicultured, and the difficulties in our uplifting moments about being a part of both the Western and the Asian community. Hope you enjoy! I guess um, I feel like the listeners already know, you know, Lynn, Satoko, and I, but... Um, so I'm Nikki. Uh, I'm the today's guest. And so I think as everyone can hear some to some extent, I was born and raised in Germany by a father from Hong Kong and from a mother from Malaysia. And um, so being born and raised in uh, Germany, I experienced like a different kind of like discrimination and racism as well. So that's why I got like interested in the podcast and like to this listening to your stories felt like cool. Um, I'm currently a PhD student in Heidelberg University. So anyone who knows me, hi. Um, besides that, um, yeah, I, the reason why I noticed those Satoko and Asaki is like, I've been to the same university with them in the master's degree. Uh, yeah, that's about it. Okay, thank you. Um, so I guess uh, just to start off, um, what, are some things that maybe your family did or your siblings or your parents did that um, when you were a child that made you realize that you were different from, you know, what, uh, <laughs> we're just going straight into it. Like, <laughs> go for it, go for it. No, go for it. I like it. <laughs> the hardest question first. Uh, um, okay. So I, I, so to, you gave me actually this question ahead of, right? So I was also thinking a bit and so I did some notes on that. And mm -hmm. sadly speaking, the first thing that came into my mind was uh, I got beaten up by my parents compared to like my other friends in like elementary school. You know, when, when you did a bad grade or you you, you dropped the butter and then they, they smacked smack your hand. <laughs> and when I, I, and I realized when in elementary school that my, my, my classmates were saying that, oh no, I have a bad grade. They won't give me money this month and I'm just like uh oh I don't even get money yeah. I get beatings when I get a bad race right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um so that's like the first thing I I, I realized so that's like a bit dark <laughs> uh, in, the, in the beginning besides that um I also thought about like we as my family didn't actually celebrate stuff like Christmas properly mm -hmm. or like uh other holidays like Easter, or like it's all, specifically the, the Easter, the Christian holidays. And like, we only copied in Christmas, like, oh, we exchanged uh, uh, presents, but that's it. We didn't like do the whole, I don't know, Christmas tree thingy, like decoration and such. So I was always felt like um, I never had to say, like, you know, when in elementary school, when the vacation holidays um, finished and then you meet again in the mm -hmm. holiday and the school and then everyone was talking oh what did you do, what did you do in like christmas where did mm -hmm. you went like i was home 
for two weeks uh, and had some cool presents. That's like only that's the only thing I sort of like could say in that times. And I think another point I was thinking that especially like food, like I ate different food than like other people. And mm-hmm. funnily is that when they always say like food dish dishes, I had no idea what they were actually talking about. Like they said, like, oh, I ate schnitzel. I was like, what is a schnitzel? I have no idea what it is. So um, because like in my home, we don't, we don't eat that kind of thing. I and mean, my dad can definitely not cook a schnitzel properly. So mm-hmm. I never had like, mm-hmm. I, like, I had to learn these names and dish, dishes um, by myself to sort of like catch up with everyone else. But that's like the three things I sort of like thought about. Wait, that's so interesting that you also, just as much as your classmates didn't know maybe Asian food, you weren't aware of German food. When I was young, yeah, I didn't really was, I had no idea. Oh, that's so interesting. Because I feel like, I don't know about you guys, but I, I was fully aware of like English or American food, but I just got like... I just knew it was different and then I was bringing different things and then they made fun of me for bringing different things. I think for me, I'm just trying to think about the food situation because I went to school and I had like school like lunches like they would make. So then I would know whatever, you know, like these English dishes are. But I don't think if I didn't have that, the only food I would have a reference to would probably be like on TV. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like we have like, like British food at home really. My mom would try but she'd always do like a twist of Vietnamese. She'll make like a fish sauce sauce with like steak. I was like, mom, this does not go together. (laughs) And stuff like that. But it's really interesting, actually. I didn't really think about the whole thing. I just love how most of our conversation becomes about food all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? I was just just editing the the next podcast and it was food. (laughs) We literally talk about avocados. I mean, carbs for like 30 minutes. But actually, one thing that I didn't, I hadn't thought about much was the beating (laughs) which sounds really which sounds really like big like the beating um but disclaimer it's not no yeah Yeah, and also yeah and I was I was just about to say it's not I mean maybe it is now but back then especially within the household it wasn't illegal no yeah like maybe I didn't get beaten up you know getting bad grades or anything but I would get slapped and like hit on not hit on hit hit yeah I had a shoe thrown at me. I've had I've had a my few mom. things of my like electronics broken because like they were mad at me for something. I don't know. But yeah, I feel like it's more of a normal thing in Asian Yeah, so maybe like to maybe to to the listeners who maybe don't come from an Asian background or haven't really experienced this like under cuz I think it also differs depending on the parent. Yeah, and- um under what circumstances would you be like hit. slapped <laughs> or hit? <laughs> and also, I think a good question is actually I've never we've never really discussed it, but like, what was your punishment? I would find that really hilarious. people people get grounded but, in America, but I didn't get grounded. I didn't understand oh, yeah. the whole I, grounded yeah, what I found, concept when I yeah. got what what, what, what is the ground? What? Yeah, exactly. I actually. 
I actually asked that question to somebody and like when they told me they yeah. got grounded and they were just like they just went to their room and I was like that's I would oh. love to just go to my that room. For free. <laughs> they wouldn't let I would me voluntarily <laughs> I voluntarily go to my room all the time. <laughs> I think it's more of like you get things taken off you so I, I guess like back in when we were younger younger we had no phones but in like today's context it would be like no phones or like no mm-hmm. internet no iPads and I'm trying to think even if you got grounded what would you what would it be when we were younger it would be like no TV I assume like right? I feel like if I don't know I, like this is based off my parents but I feel like if I were to be grounded and they were to take something away from me they'd probably take away a meal <laughs> like <laughs> if that makes sense like you know it's either you get slapped or you just don't I, th- I think I had that done to me once like I just mm-hmm. didn't get dinner oh wow I think the punishment that I got was just like very long talks and just like them being mad at me and me just sitting on the couch going (laughs) (laughs) I got um my mom would hit me obviously with any weapon at hand and she would always be like there was always this term that my parents would use like which hand and in my head I was like is this like a like is this an actual question they yeah. ask <laughs> <laughs> and what they mean is like what hand did you do the crime uh-huh. <laughs> oh. and I was I would always take out my right hand but then she'll like give me your left hand as well she'll hit both and then that's not even the end of it and then she'll make me kneel down on the wall with my like squatting all, all my nails and my hands on the wall and I'll just stay there forever <laughs> and my dad would always say all you need to do is just say sorry and I was so same sorry. that was me I'll just be there yeah I'll just be there kneeling just crying I'd rather cry and not say sorry <laughs> yeah wait so like why when when would you get oh hit? so do you know what with my mum like, my dad never hit, like really punished me and I think that's because I'm yeah. the only daughter out of the five um, brothers, no, four brothers that I have. Um, so my dad never really punished me. If I do get punished, he'll let me go, <laughs> kind of thing. He'll release me from prison. Um, but it'd be like really small things like, oh, I hit my brother. There was one time, I, to be fair, I should have got hit a lot, but I like threw a VCR <gasps> tape at his head and it got dented. <laughs> no. I don't know what happened. He was just oh annoying. my God. Oh no. God, this, house is, this household is brutal. <laughs> Or sometimes it'd be like we're playing outside and I fall over or like my little brother falls over and then we both get punished because we both mm. was playing outside like unsafe. I was like, that's mm. not really punishment. I'm already punished because I've got grazes and cuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, it's really small things about mum. My dad doesn't really care. What about you, Nikki? Because you mentioned like bad grades. Like what? what's a bad grade? I mean, maybe this is like stereotypical uh, Asian standard, but... 100%. What, what's a bad grade? Um, um, <laughs> so to, to, to give you sort of background, so when I was born, like I have two older sisters, so when I was born, like the beatings or like the, the punishment got like weaker, mm-hmm. but it was still bad when I was still, like when I was young. Um, what considers a bad grade? Anything, um, I think anything below an A <laughs> is like crap for them mm. because... Like did what they what they expected from me was because I was the only mm-hmm. son, and they want me to be like one of you know the stereotypical three doctor, engineer, and lawyer. Mm-hmm. They want me to become one of those three, so they want me to have all the good grades like A plus, which is not a- a- able. 
So whenever I got like a B or C, I was a really bad student in elementary school. Like I, I had like a C or D average. So way beyond my parents' expectations. So I was there was this one time when I got like a D, like almost passing mathematics. Mm -hmm. And so my mom forced me to like sit down, have both my hands on the table. And she used the, you know, the um the rice spoons for like getting the rice mm -hmm. out. She used these for two <laughs> hours to smack my hand. And then oh she kept asking. She kept, she kept. Then she kept asking me this: Why? Why are your grades uh, grades bad? And I, how should I answer that? It's like oh, I didn't study. <laughs> and then like boom, smack. And then and, and then she kept asking me: Why are your grades bad? Boom, smacking. And I was like, uh, <laughs> I was literally crying after like these two yeah. hours of torture. But you know, you know, it's yeah. like being. I was I was fourth grade, so I was ten mm. at that time. That was like the hardest beating I ever got. But you, yeah, like I mean elementary school <laughs> that's 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 quite intense i guess it was, but it's also it was not really unheard of i think in asian households no um i don't know i i was never hit because of a bad grade but i i used to play tennis quite competitively and i used to be hit if i like lost a match that i shouldn't have lost a match or oh, wow. um, if I if it seemed to my parents that I didn't do as well as I should have done, then they would <laughs> they wouldn't take me home, and I'd have to like walk back home. <laughs> but then like they would come oh. and pick me up like at some point, but like I would have to start the journey <laughs> at some point by myself. <laughs> um, yeah, and things like that. So but funny. it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't really school, but it was like my extracurricular activities, mm. I guess. It just reminds me, there was one time my mom told me this story where I think I was like two years old and uh, she was telling me how um, I was naughty, apparently. So she threatened to kick me out of the house at two years old. Two right? years old? Mm. So she literally, <laughs> two years old, she literally put me outside and closed the door, right? And then I started walking. <laughs> I started walking. Like, up the hill. And I think my mom's neighbour, who's, like, a family friend, saw me outside and she just grabbed me, put her in her, put her, in her house to, like, joke around mm -hmm. with my mom. And my mom opened the door. She went, ballistic. She was like, where is my daughter? Like, it's like, like, panicking and all this stuff. <laughs> but, yeah, at two years old. So my aunt did that old. to... <laughs> my aunt did that to my cousin, except he was butt naked. <laughs> and he was like and he was like three or four and they, she yeah she just like stripped him off his clothes and just like made him stand outside the door so by himself oh my god i'm pretty sure our listeners what is like what is going wow, on yeah. tortured yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah. Parents have some creativity when it comes down to punishment. Isn't Honestly, it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. they're naked outside. That's the first time for me, man. Yeah, I've never yeah, that's the first time. Before. That's true. But my my parents would always be like, "Oh, you've got this, you know, not that bad." I I used to have this yeah. and that, and I was like, "Okay, well, we're not in Vietnam, so I don't really." Do you know, one of the things that they said, like, if they were like behaving badly at school, they would get like you know the durian or the yeah. jackfruit, you know, the spiky. They would literally put their hand there and start hitting it. Oh, <laughs> I was like, Wait, please what? don't make me do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh I my think, god, yeah. that hurts. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah, good. I don't know. Do you think like do you think things were a little less severe because you were in 
the UK or Germany or America or yeah. like do you think things would have been like worse if you were to be like within your actual like cultural yeah. heritage back in like <laughs> Vietnam or like in Hong Kong or Malaysia or Japan because I feel like if I was back in Japan I, I wouldn't it wouldn't just be my mum I think mm. it would also be like maybe a teacher or some that's like, true I mean because back then back like back then as well this is like t- going back 20 years no <gasps> 20 years anyway yeah please don't say that that's so <laughs> depressing um I definitely think it would be different because I think what it is is because we live in like a western society at the moment and obviously it's frowned upon to hit your children even mm. back in the day I remember mum will like she'll be like very tactical where she hits me, not my face. Mm-hmm. So I don't go to school and you know they say something. <laughs> um, I always got hit in the face. That was like the place that I got hit. Always. I've I've learned how to dodge faces because I know face hurts. <laughs> so I've learned how to dodge in like like oh I know they're they're coming from the side oh from the left you know what I mean and then like yeah. yeah. No, do you know what? Dodging, dodging is also apparently you fighting oh, back. Oh, they, get, they <laughs> yeah. get even worse. Yeah. Like they get even bad. Yeah. Yeah, just yeah. take the hit. Just take the hit. <laughs> yeah, my mum used to only use one hand and then I started dodging and she started using two hands. <laughs> and I was like, damn, she, like she's you, adapting you as well. Like, she's evolving. <laughs> yeah. She's very pragmatic, you see. You evolved, she evolves. She's she's like a few steps yeah. ahead of you. Yeah, I know. It's constantly evolving. So <laughs> yeah. Anyway, enough about beating. Maybe we could do a whole segment on beating. Oh honestly, God, yeah. it's so easy. Um. Okay. Anything else that were different um, from you, Satoko or Lynn, that made you realize? Like maybe your family did. Um, I mean, definitely food. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> oh, okay, I remember the question. Um, I don't know. I, I this is like really minor, but we we never really had, and I don't know if it's an Asian thing or if it's like my family thing. So you can edit it out, maybe. But um, I don't like we didn't really have this concept of like uh, um of like inviting people over like out of the blue like you know like if i if i were to invite someone like friends over then i'd have to like make an appointment with my parents like a week in advance and say this is the day that my friends are gonna come (laughs) yeah yeah, from this time to this time my friends will be in this room like and we will be doing this kind of uh, if i <laughs> and if I brought my friends over like out of the blue, then like they would be they would be nice to my friends. Yeah. But then once they They'd left, like again, I would probably <laughs> smacked. <laughs> yeah, they would be so angry. Yeah, and I think I don't know why, but that was something that was different. Yeah, but clearly, like it resonates with you guys as well. No, I, <laughs> I mean, that's probably why I never had my friends over because it's just like too much work to have mm. friends over. So yeah. I would always go to my friend's house. I think there's just like a lot of like t- asking them to take off their shoes when they come in. It's just like all those little like yeah. customs. Maybe I didn't want to like bother them when they come over. So it was just like, let's just go to your house. It's easier. 
Yeah, I don't know. I think like all of that included, I think that's like how I felt. But at the same time, maybe my parents felt, and I feel like I have this like as I'm getting older too, is like you want to portray the best house to the guest. Mm -hmm. And I don't, and I think that's like a very, um, in a way, Asian like concept of like, in Japanese, we have the word called omotenashi, which means you have to like, when someone comes over, you have to give like a lot to the guest like the guest is like the the king and the queen um and so to have someone like just like show up at the door and you didn't have time to prepare or clean the house even though it's probably already clean anyway and like it's just like this not you're not showing the effort to the guest that you made an effort to like clean up and I think that's like from my parents side well, like, at least from my mom's side. I don't think my dad really cared. When I was a child, I would always think, like, why do you care what other people think? Like, it's clean. It's fine. But then yeah. now, as yeah. I'm older, I understand yeah. that now. Like, I yeah. want it to be clean before people come over. Like, I want, you know, notice yeah. ahead of time. I understand that now. But, yeah. I did not think that yeah. when I was a child. I was like, why can't I have people over? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's a like a culture thing as well. I remember like it's like an unspoken rule. If you do have guests over, they have to also bring something over. So like mm. you'll be mostly fruit. <laughs> Interesting. So yeah, when you said like how you know the guest are king, but it's also like you need to present them with something. Also, you can't really go empty-handed. Mm-hmm. Oh. In like a Vietnamese household, yeah. That's interesting. So I remember my uh my younger brother introduced his then girlfriend to the family, and she brought like bags of fruit and I was like clearly my little brother told her the memo <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. that's interesting yeah I mean Nikki feel free to like literally jump in whenever jump you in. want to I jump in all the time <laughs> I was like just thinking because there are like, two things that came in my mind when I inviting people like I did invite people but I always felt that they the the the, the fear of getting judged mm-hmm. by them especially when they are Germans like oh you look so different everything is so weird because I realized, for instance, um, I never invited people to our dinners or events. Um, the reason why is because, um, okay, that's a more pragmatic reason, but because my fa- family had a restaurant. Mm-hmm. So restaurant, um, let's say, uh, opening times are very different. So we have to adapt to that. So for instance, when in like salad or like in weekends, I never ate breakfast early as like other Germans. Like they ate like at eight or something like that. I ate at 10. And then my <laughs> my... Uh, lunch was like at 2 p.m. and my dinner was at 8 so I had like this really abnormal time so I, I never had like the opportunity to invite them and secondly like because I come from this restaurant background I whenever I saw people eating our food I, I always felt like judgmental towards them because how they butcher my my country food like putting so much mm-hmm. soy sauce on like everything I'm just like oh my god how can you like, I, I'm like <laughs> I'm really influenced by my dad but because my dad, mm. my dad was the cook in our restaurant. So whenever I see, like, whenever I was behind the counter and I saw people like in our, uh, in our restaurant, and I see them like putting soy sauce on, like, <laughs> I don't know, whatever, on like rice, mm. I'm just like, like the inter- internal Asian judgment is coming out. And just like, <laughs> I, know you, I, I know you're German, but but why are you doing this? Why are you butchering my my my, my beloved food so much? So I always like looked away and was like, oh, I don't want to do this. Yeah, but that's sort of like a pragmatic reason. I don't want to see other people um, destroying my food. Yeah, 
it's made That's the way they are for a reason <laughs> not for you to put more soy sauce on it yeah <laughs> i remember I remember when I was working at that Japanese bank and sometimes we'd have like uh, these lunches brought in and it'd be like sushi and all these other little bits and bobs. And um, <clears throat> I remember all the Brits there, you know, eating all the sushi and they would literally just get soy sauce and just pour it everywhere. Like like it was ketchup on chips. <laughs> and I just see my colleagues like started speaking to Japanese. She's like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> and then she told me, it's like, look at these, look at these white people. They don't know how to eat. I was like, okay, I'll probably have to beep that out. Okay, I'll probably have to take that out. Like, <laughs> this is the podcast. <laughs> but yeah, they would just be like, oh my God, Lynn, look at these white people. They do not know how to eat soup. <laughs> I was like, okay. They don't, like, Lynn, they eat it like don't. this. Yeah. Lynn, eat it like this. I was like, okay, noted. <laughs> so I don't put to your food too. Yeah. Mm. That's so funny. But yeah, actually, on that so, point, so, so I remember nice. I used to go to this, um, I used to go to this, um, Vietnamese cafe with them as well. I didn't realize, but Jeff, well, the Japanese people at my the place that I work, they love Vietnamese food, right? And they found this little cafe that we went to, and they would say they don't even know like you know the etiquettes of eating uh, Vietnamese food, but I'm pretty sure it's kind of across the the whole of Asia or the whole of ethnic food. But they just saw these non-Vietnamese people sitting there, and they just got sriracha and poured it on everything. Like their rice, their their chicken and everything. I was like, oh my god, what are they doing? It's a dipping sauce, please. <laughs> but I didn't say anything. She just said, like, they're doing it again. They're doing it again. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> but yeah, I get you, like the whole disrespect thing. Yeah. Um or well, not disrespect, but just please don't butcher it. <laughs> please don't butcher my food. <laughs> or just like when it. when you just like die a little inside. <laughs> yeah <laughs> you see that nowadays of like you know these gentrified hybrid or ethnic food like i saw like a fur burrito i was like that doesn't even make sense fur is a soup it's a noodle soup how do you make that into a burrito yeah i can't even like imagine yeah, what that looks like right now i i, I just saw imagine someone, it like as being in like a spring roll oh ah, it was like a fat burrito <laughs> with oh. rice that's with so rice. rice, oh boy! <laughs> it's just like, oh, let's just put broth. everything we know, like all the Asian stereotypical food, in in a burrito. <laughs> it was not good. Well, I didn't taste it. I would never. Yeah, but, but yeah, you you know, <laughs> we don't need to taste it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you have an affinity to customs of one culture over the other? So, like, oh, I see. Well, yeah, I guess what you said about like. The shoe thing, and I think that's because Asia puts a lot of importance on like being clean and being hygiene, hygienic, and etc. So I think like with the whole even the pandemic at the moment, where we were able to just you know kind of accustom to using hand. I don't think we even needed to accustom because I think we were pretty clean anyway. Mm-hmm. As in Asia's pretty clean, so when the whole mask thing, we were like, yeah, fine, that makes sense. Whereas I think in the Western world, they were just like, nah, I'm not gonna wear masks. Doesn't make sense. But I do know a lot of people, like a lot of my friends in America, they started to take off Mm -hmm. their shoes because of the pandemic. And they're like, this is going to, yeah, this is probably going to stay because it's just better. That's interesting. I think, like, I think I would say custom-wise, like customs, I generally, I think I'm very much more of, like, Japanese customs. Mm -hmm. I think I have an affinity for, like, I prefer Japanese customs more. 
in ter- and not just like in terms of hygiene but also like relationships with other people like I think it's nice to bring gifts when you're going to someone's house or like when you come back from a place or um you are more polite I don't know I guess it, I I did, I did, I never really liked the hierarchy in the beginning but it makes sense once I know like the logic behind it um but I think like behavior wise I probably have more of an affinity to like the Western culture in terms of like doing what you want to do and like speaking mm-hmm. your mind and like if that yeah, makes yeah. sense. I don't really know any. Yeah, it does make sense. Because yeah. <clears throat> like you you mentioned just relationship and um, my current girlfriend is Japanese, for instance, and also we have these clashes between like me from Europe and her from Japan or East Asia overall, and I do. Like from my viewpoint, like for instance, when I had my first girlfriend who was also Japanese, like back years ago, um, I realized that for instance, Germans are head-on people. Like we just we are just like a car that drives into our wall. This is how we treat people. So we are just very direct. So whatever you say, like we t- so what what a mindset of Germans is there's a mistake, we say it and we criticize it, but we also fix mm-hmm. it. And that doesn't fit very well mm-hmm. with specifically Japanese culture because you know it's vastly mm-hmm. different. So whenever I told them, "Hey, that's that was stupid," but let me help you to you know uh, fix it mm-hmm. or somehow, it was always like, "Why are you saying this? Uh, this is rude, Nikki. This is way too rude." And it's like uh, that's you know European way of saying "I love you," <laughs> I guess. And um, it, it, it it creates a lot of clashes, like specifically when you're like too direct and you don't know where the line is where like what other cultures want to hear specifically like japanese is like notorious for being like so vague going around so many pushes whereas like whereas german is like frontal confrontation which doesn't really fit very well especially in like business settings you loop around the 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 core issue so you don't have to actually say it you don't have to actually state the problem so you can like be nice about it and like it's just so vague, and they don't like actually get to the point. <laughs> Which is interesting because when you said that um, in Germany, it is actually rude to not say it. Mm-hmm. So if you have, if you see a mistake and you ignore it, like to say there's a common mistake in the in the company, and no one is or like you, you know it, but you're not yeah. telling it. You are actually seen as a liability. Yeah. Like you should yeah. have said it earlier, so we can address it and yeah. fix it earlier. So that's why it's other way that's around so for us. True. Like mm-hmm. they they have you. In your teams, so you can point out these issues and fix them, rather than like agreeing with the whole rest of the team. Wait, going back to the customs though, does any of you know a Western custom? <laughs> I was talking about like wedding culture, like Asia and you know Western ones, and then um, uh, so I've got invited to like a an Indian mm-hmm. wedding uh, in a couple of weeks. And uh, the friends that I went with, they were like of, you know, South Asian de- descent. So I was just asking some questions like, what do I wear? Um, what do I bring as a gift type of thing? And they said, oh, money probably would be the best. I was like, that's just easy. Uh, like in like Vietnamese culture, it's like wedding gifts are just always money. Yeah. So I was like, that's just easy. That's easy. And stuff like that. So I know like I went to a wedding, my cousin's wedding in the Netherlands. And we just saw loads of Dutch people coming with like hampers you know, hampers and gifts and stuff. And I was just like, did no one tell them? <laughs> did no one tell them that we don't do that? <laughs> we don't do those things. Mm-hmm. 
but yeah, I know that's one different culture. Is like I know British people do the whole gift thing for weddings. They have that whole like registry. But I know with like. Yeah, registry. No, I did that uh, a couple of years ago. I, like, I don't know. Do, do they have that in Japan or like other Asian countries? Is it just money? Yeah, I was going to ask you guys actually. What is like a Japanese wedding gift? I've never been to a Japanese culture. wedding, I but like I think it's we don't money. Give anything. Like we have those envelopes, you know, Mine those special envelopes that has like the ribbon, the yeah. red and white ribbons. Mm. Oh. Maybe we didn't give any because it was family. Oh. <laughs> the only the only weddings I did was like yeah, family. but I think it's money. Oh, like I've never it's heard of any like giving money. gifts for yeah. weddings, but there's always like those. But it's also a specific amount yeah. of money. Yeah, because too Very much specific. is not good, and too little is obviously also mm-hmm. not good. Yeah, that's the only thing I can think of now that is like a maybe like a a, custom. a Western custom. Uh, but I can't think of anything else. I just have in mind like greetings, like handshakings. Mm. Right? Mm. Like I prefer handshakes because you know it's it, it's like it's what I taught in middle school that a good handshake is that that shows like you know self confidence mm-hmm. etc. And mm. you don't do that in no. or like even like hugs, is like mm. a no go in like in Asian, East Asian countries, which I yeah. um stumbled upon many many times because like whenever i let's for instance i um bid someone farewell and i know that i will not meet him for next time i i i, I love to hug them so yeah. like i show you my affection this is yeah. i love you i take care stay safe and any, everyone gets like no don't yeah. touch me what is going on <laughs> that's so true that's i feel so like true. from my per- like from my experience I feel like, at least in Japan, people are getting used to that whole, like, hugging custom in Japan, but they're still getting used mm-hmm. to it, so they're very awkward about it. They're, like, and they still have the awkward space in between. Like, they're, like, tap, tap. Like, like, a, like a like a Voldemort <laughs> hug from Harry Potter. It's <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's true. That's I didn't think about that. Yeah. Yeah. So we got we came up with two customs. That's good. So affection <laughs> and uh, wedding culture. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's more. I'm gonna Google it. I'm googling okay. it now. Well, like I was thinking about like food and like using knife and forks or a chopstick, but I would much prefer using chopsticks because it's just oh, you don't have to take it in every yeah. single way. <laughs> I use it for you can do anything. You can eat popcorn. Yeah. You can eat, yeah, you can <laughs> eat noodles and rice while eating <laughs> chips. My little brother, when I came back from, um, I came back from San Francisco and I bought packets of you know Cheetos. It was like the chili ones, the ones that you just literally, if you eat it, oh, your yeah. fingers are red. And he didn't want to because I got home quite late and he just used chopsticks. It is good. So yeah. his dad didn't like <laughs> You don't get die. your fingers dirty. <laughs> I remember once my, I, I confused all of my friends in a party where I was deliberately eating pizza with chopsticks, you know, the chopped up pizzas. And I just piece up the pizza and just ate it like this. And, I, and everyone, I, everyone looked at me and was like, what is wrong with you? I was like, I ate in Carlson, chopsticks. That's so funny. <laughs> It's um, so true because you can also cook with chopsticks. Yeah, it's just yeah. like... I remember when... Because me and, me and uh, Satoki used to live with each other at university. And I remember we used to cook. And we used to do everything with it. Like pick up things, you know, flip things. Like 
literally you would probably use like 10 utensils but we just use one yes. and the people that we were living with were like what the hell how are you doing that I was like well yeah. it's easy yeah. it's like easy and then I, I keep on thinking it's like everyone can do it <laughs> and I was cooking the other day and then one of my friends came over who was um she was Pakistani she was like oh my god you're like stirring food with chopsticks I was like yes <laughs> I'm not gonna get something else a spoon to stir this when I've got chopsticks which I've already used I'm reducing my yeah. dishwashing load what are actually so what are some Asian customs that you still like continuously do as well and happy to continue so you said like the whole you know using chopsticks um you know not wearing shoes is there any like uh, superstitions that Japanese people have that you maybe believe not believe or what which wait can I just like jump like interrupt and ask so you Nikki you said that you have your dad is from Hong Kong and your mum is from Malaysia is there like is there a is there one that you like uh, relate to more than the other or like for example like if we when we're talking like right now about like customs or things like is is there mm, one sure. culture that stands out more than the oh, other or is question, it like yeah. on an equal level um to be fair uh, i've i've been to both places but i would say i relate more to hong kong mm-hmm. culture in air quotations but i would say because my, my mom is not a, like out of chinese descent mm-hmm. hakka in um in malaysia so it's to some extent like chinese culture overall okay. i think mm-hmm. so i would say that so is like but with that, that like is there any customs that you like um not specific like what i was forced on was um the custom of red you know the color red is actually a, a cut of color uh, luck in china so mm-hmm. i remember my mom once said so in chinese new year she told me that um we're red pants like underpants um over the <laughs> night like from the day of the new year to the new day of the new year wear red uh, underpants and uh, since then i'm doing that and whenever there's like a specific thing like a, like I, I, i'm not i need a uh, sort of a presentation for i know business i, I definitely uh-huh. wear red underpants because of my mom because like you have to wear red always That's because so it's a good color mm-hmm. and like Mm. The thing, also the thing about the number four, like death. So, I was about um, to say that like too. Like the yeah. number four in the China, yeah. like it means death, mm. or it has the same pronunciation as death. So I always try to avoid that as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a superstition. Mm. I'm not sure if that's specifically about China, but my dad always told me, don't go to mm. graveyards, or if you can avoid, mm. don't. Pass, like you know when I, like, I'm always often confused. In case you want to in your free time, so the reason why is because in in my in my family or like specifically in Hong Kong, you can only visit a grave only two t- two days in the day, a year, only specific oh. two days. Otherwise, you disturb the spirits. So when I was in Japan, for instance, and you know they have the temples with the whole graves outside of the next to next door basically mm. i just got really confused and like i always don't look at those graves because i feel like i disturb yeah, the spirits yeah. and i don't want to go close right. to them and mm. if it's like a tourist spot nearby i always definitely held my camera downwards and close it so i don't disturb any spirits with like those mm. with my mechanics mm. thingy or whatever but that's like some that's superstition i actually believe 
Mm, that's interesting. I have one where um, I don't, I never sleep facing north. <gasps> really? Because that's, I've never... yeah, like if I, if I move or if I am like sleeping like anywhere, even at someone's house, I make sure that I'm not sleeping like exactly north because apparently that's how um, dead people are laid. Or like that's how like that's that I think like I'm not sure, but because because in Japan we cremate people, so I'm not really sure like what that means. But it like north facing north is like a, an oh wait. Death. So whenever you like go sleep over somebody's house, do you like go on your phone and like I take a call? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. What the heck? Yeah, yeah we have a compass, compass on, the, on the on the app, is it? on the phone. Where is it? It's yeah, called compass, I think. Yeah, it's Where? like, yeah. Is it on measure? Mm, it's no, not it's on compass. Go to like, utilities. Yeah. I might. Yeah, there's yeah, yeah, app. I may it's have It's called compass. It, so. No, I think it's an app that you can't delete on I just your check, phone. I, don't, I sleep northeast. Oh, really? Wait, yeah. what? I so, am like, so scared. northeast or like northwest is okay. Like, exactly Wait, my head can't point towards the north. Oh boy. I may yeah. have to move my bed today. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's you know, actually you scary. Up and it's about waking up, looking north, or how is it working? Yeah. No, so it's just like uh, if okay. your head is pointing oh. north. Okay, my head is pointing oh, east. Oh, pointing north. Okay, then it's northeast. Okay, good. I'm east. Yeah, just... then it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so thank god my bed is facing west <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I'm, I'm facing north right now and my bed's right behind me you can see it's like that That's way so thank funny. god because I, I can't mean, move it i i think this is an actual thing i don't know i just this is something that was passed I on think... from my grandma to my mom so it might just be like a family thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe you just but scared us for no reason before. i've heard like, of it too but i never like like i didn't think it was like a, a thing that people did like actually <laughs> like you i think that's like one of the it. few things that i actually i don't know i was i think i think it started off from like me being terrified of death when i was younger and then like just making sure that i don't die in my sleep mm. that's not and that's it's not just scary like, i mean the the, yeah. the whole superstition actually, something real similar to that is that my dad told me uh-huh. Hmm? Uh, sorry, um, because like my dad told me when I was young is that the bed should never face the door. Like when you wake up, you should never face the door. Otherwise, your soul gets out. And the same goes with um, mirrors. Oh so he told me, <laughs> never, ne- never put a mirror when you wake up and you stand <gasps> up. Like when you wake up, and you have a mirror in front of you. You should never do that because in, in, in Chinese superstitions, that means that the mirror takes your soul, like copies your soul and captures it. <laughs> I feel like all of us are going to have to like rearrange I'm like facing towards the side talking <laughs> to you know what I think that's, I think that's why like there's such an importance of like feng shui which is like the way you yes. literally yes. like position things right oh mm. I'm scared I've been feeling not good lately maybe I need to change some stuff around <laughs> that's so funny that's so funny but maybe that is like a cultural thing, right? Whereas, like, I guess, I guess Western cultures don't really, you know, care too much of like placing yeah. of certain furniture. Mm. It's kind of more of like convenience, which I've pretty much done. Yeah, same. Mm. I just like place things on convenience on where you know I can fit things for space, but I never really think about that. Mm, now yeah. I'm scared. 
I need like a monk to come to my room, like please. Does it look okay? <laughs> Does it look okay? Yeah, I also feel like it's a lot more like death oriented. Yeah, I'm not all the time. A lot of but like yeah. with I think yeah, with like Western superstitions, it's like if you walk under a ladder, it's like seven years of bad luck, or like it's luck, Ooh. but like with this, it's like you will die. <laughs> like that whole thing, the whole superstition with the number four. I like when I was um house hunt or apartment hunting i found an apartment that was like 44 and i was like Mm-mm. even though it was like a really nice location really nice like square footage i'm like Mm-mm. <laughs> so i get okay we talked a little bit about you know nikki's background with like your parents being from malaysia and hong kong so we all have you know we all grew up in both different you know western cultures being asian but how would you identify, how did you identify yourself, you know, growing up? And how is that different from how you identify yourself now? Or is it different? Is it the same? Mm. It was different to some extent, because when I was younger, I think until university or so, um, I could, like, I wanted to, like, I would say it this way. I wanted to identify myself as a German, but because how people treated me, I could never 100% identify myself as German because mm-hmm. I was always seen as like different or like when people ask you, oh, where are you actually from? <laughs> I mean, your parents, um, you know, yeah. even that simple question like means that, oh, you don't see me as German, aren't you? And since university, I've come into terms in that and say like, I am German. Specifically when I um, started going uh, abroad, like living in Japan for like three years overall and it, it sort of like I don't want to complicate things so I just simply say I'm German and because how mm-hmm. I look people get super confused because I'm not half I'm but I was born there and then people get confused like how does this work in your face like how mm-hmm. are you German like I, I, it's very funny sometimes so um, so I think university I started like to say I'm German but I'm also Hong Kong like I'm also from Asia and I know that Hong Kong is a very political topic, but I would say I am from Hong Kong because my dad has like a Hong Kong citizenship or like has his roots mm-hmm. there. So I would say, yeah, that's where I also am from. So, but I did start in university. Until then, I was like, kind of like uncertain. Yeah. I think it's quite it's quite similar, right? You would I'd always say I'm British, yeah. and they'd be like, "Where are you really from?" You just play this game, you know, everyone plays this damn game. And, you know, you just sometimes you want to be petty. I think I think I mentioned it before, don't I? Where um, I went to this, like, Portuguese um, bakery. And I was with my Vietnamese friend. And the girl's like, oh, yeah, where are you, where are you girls from? London. Mm-hmm. Where, where are you from? London. Oh, like, you know, background. I was like, okay. Like you already, you, you already knew what they wanted to hear from the first <laughs> question, but you just don't want to give it to them. Yeah. It's just so annoying, but like I get it. I just don't know if there's like a better way of what they're trying to mm. get and how they like you can say it correctly. Mm. That won't annoy me, but mm. um, yeah, I get that a lot. Like I, I think I mentioned where once when I was starting work and I was at the elevator and there was like small talk, and then one of the colleagues said, um, "No, I think you know we make small talk about the heat, so like like weather like today or something. It's like thirty degrees." And then they're like, oh, so you should be used to this weather, right? I was like, mm. um, why would I be used to the weather? It's like, because, you know, you know, back in wherever you're from, um, it's hot, isn't it? 
I'm from London. It's cold. I know it's cold here. <laughs> and he just went bright red. I was like, anyways, I'll speak to you later, mate. <laughs> just so awkward. So you get it a lot. You know, when you just say you're British, they just won't take it. So um, I don't really know how I would really identify myself because either way, I will get like rejection from both. Like, people from Vietnam don't think I'm Vietnamese. There's, like, um, you know, a term which means, like, foreign Vietnamese. And then here they don't take me either. So, yeah, that's why we've got this podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to talk about the identity crisis that we're facing of feeling like there's no middle ground. We're, like, like a Venn yeah. diagram. I'm just in the middle of I don't know yeah. who I am. Mm. That. So that's how I feel. Yeah. Very sad, but, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like... I don't have the only passport and nationality I have is Japanese. So I don't have that. So in a way, I think that's kind of the reason why I feel more at home when I'm in like London or when I'm in Holland, like where I was brought up, because I can say I'm, I'm not Dutch, you know, I am Japanese, but I live here and I can speak Dutch because I live here and I've lived like in this community for a very long time. And that's yeah. a much easier thing for them to understand. Like, okay, she's an expat, but she like can speak the language whereas I think when I'm in Japan no one no one that I meet literally the first thing like the first like if I meet someone who's not like maybe in university or whatever like for the first time they don't think that I'm Japanese Mm -hmm. like like and they're like oh like so are you half Mm -hmm. like you know the word where it's like are you you know biracial no okay then where did you learn to speak Japanese I am Japanese yeah and it's like oh okay wait you're Japanese and it's like yes like why would I lie about this like why would I lie about being Japanese and so it's kind of it's strange where I feel in a way a little bit more accepted in a country that I don't have a nationality for and not like and feel very outside of a country that is like what I like my nationality um which is yeah that's like my strange then out of the Venn diagram thing (laughs) yeah what about you Asaki because you have both I do have both yeah well I yeah so when I first moved to America I was like 10 so for the first few years, when people asked me, I remember saying that I'm Japanese because I didn't, you know, I only lived there for a few years. I still saw myself as Japanese, even though I was born in America, but I, you know, moved to Japan when I was three. So I don't really have that, you know, uh, memory of living in America. But I, I remember after a few years, I like, because I spoke well English by like when I was I don't know like 13 14 so I saw myself a little bit more you know like American I guess and I was like used to the American custom and all that stuff so I started being kind of like stubborn and be like I'm not from I'm not from I'm not I like I'm not Japanese like I'm from New Jersey like (laughs) because that's where I was born and I feel like up until like when I went to college, I had that whole like stubbornness of me being like, no, I'm like, I'm American. I'm, I don't like, I'm not Asian. I'm not, I don't know. Like I would, I wouldn't give them the answer that they wanted. Like, (laughs) 
but I feel like recently mm. I've like come to terms of like of being like Asian American or like Japanese American recently but I don't know maybe it, maybe it's because I've met people like you guys like through college and like I realized that there's more people like this and I can identify myself as Japanese American there's like I didn't know that was a thing that I that mm-hmm. you could be. I thought you could only be like either Japanese or American, not like Japanese American, you know. So maybe that's why mm-hmm. I became more comfortable calling, like, identifying myself as Japanese American and just like being okay with like multicultural and not just like being one or the other. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I think it definitely changed throughout like, like my childhood until now mm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah i just i guess like which uh, this problem is just gonna never change and i'm always gonna have to deal with it but and i'm sure you guys feel the same way but i just don't like the label and the stereotype that is placed on mm-hmm. kind of like people by by people who you know either don't want to admit that you know whether you are actually from the uk or whether you are from germany or in my case, like, if I say that I am Japanese, then they're like, oh, you're kikokushijo, which is basically what you said, Lynn, about the foreign, like, foreign-raised yeah. child who has come back, <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah. And, and I literally, the, the other, like, the other week, I had a job interview, and the lady was literally, she said, in the interview, she was like, so, I don't know about you, because obviously I don't know you, but these like foreign returnees tend to be very loud and you know you guys are very um independent and like you speak your own mind what do you think about that and I was like like what 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 do you mean what do I think about like like why does this have to extend to the point that I'm being asked about like this label doing during Mm -hmm. interviews or like why do we need this so that people can like kind of nod and say okay you're this foreign returnee okay then I understand why you're like this like that's like attitude that I always like receive Mm -hmm. yeah and it's like it's not because I am that it's just like I I just have a different upbringing and I so yeah it's kind of interesting and I'm sure you guys feel the same way in your own respective ways as well but that's like my main pet peeve I think Mm. but like you know I find that really annoying. I think one thing I would add on Lynn's comments about like where you're actually from mm-hmm. is I think it, this question itself is not bad. I mean, people are curious. Mm-hmm. They see me, mm-hmm. I speak fluent German, they get confused yeah. and I can't see that on their face. So they want to yeah. know what's going on. The problem here is what I always <laughs> encounter is that they ask me where you're from. I say, so I would always, in my mind, it, it goes this do you, does he want to know my mm-hmm. birthplace? Where I currently live, yeah. or where, I, where, yeah. where, where my hometown, like where I was yeah. raised, live. So they have mm-hmm. there are the three options, and I always go through yeah. all of them, because I was born in East Germany, I lived in the South, and I'm currently living in like Heidelberg, <laughs> right? And then afterwards, like, no, I want to know where your parents from, and it's like, yeah, oh, okay, yeah. no, and so I play like dumb. Yeah. So like, yeah. now, I, now, now you want to become racist, I guess. But the <laughs> thing is, my, my my problem here is is that this 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 question, the conversation doesn't. Uh, continue they just mm. say i'd say hey my father's from hong kong my mom's from malaysia and they say oh cool what are you doing here i was like yeah i'm a student 
like, like the, the conversation doesn't end. If, if they would ask me, like, hey, how is Hong Kong? I was never been Hong Kong. Like, if mm-hmm. they would show curiosity for my background, yeah. I would say I would be more open to that. But it's yeah. just like, mm. I want to, I want to label you, and that's it, and that's nothing else. And I was like, what is this yeah. conversation yeah. about? Like, yeah. why you want to know this? Treat me as a German, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it is as well. They see you and they just expect you to have like an Asian accent. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then they hear you like she's speaking fluent English. Oh, where is she from? What? I'm confused. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it just like doesn't match their image of what, <laughs> yeah. you know, that specific nationality is like. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, it's it's like, because I do think the attitude is so different if you are someone who, like, for example, is Asian and say, oh, no, I'm I'm Japanese. And then they're like, oh, okay, you're Japanese, but you live here. Oh, I understand. Whereas, like, if you look Asian and if I said, like, oh, I'm British, which I'm not, but if I were to say it, then they'd be like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, no, you're not. And, and I that's. And it's such such a strange thing that that still continues. It's like two thousand and twenty one. Yeah, and it still happens. Yeah, but I feel like yeah. you know, like it's interracial so couples and all that stuff. There's gonna be more people who's like you know biracial and just like people you know traveling all over the world. These questions may not be asked, or maybe there's like other ways that people are gonna start asking these questions because it's not gonna be like. You know, there's going to be more people who are from different countries, like multiple countries. But at the same time, I think that's the thing is that you have more expats in the country. So you have more Mm. people who aren't from that country who are living there. So it's a way to differentiate, you know, and say, oh, wait, are you an expat or are you a citizen? And it's like, okay, if you're Mm. a citizen, are you like born there or are you an immigrant? Or, like, are you a refugee? Or, like, how did you come into the country? Because there's so many ways now. And it's, like, I mean, my, the first, like, the thing the thing I don't like about labels is not only, like, it, it's just the intrusive nature of their questions. And it's, like, this, it, it doesn't, it wouldn't change anything for you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't change anything for me. You just want to be a little bit nosy yeah. and want to know about my brief background and, like, I don't want to talk it's about to satisfy it. them. The right it's not for it's not out of interest. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. just so that they can have an understand like not have an understanding, but it's just to like I don't know. Yeah, I guess satisfaction. It's like things. to place I think for them it's like to place you in like where you are a yeah. category for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's strange. Yeah. But I, I do think that happens in Asian culture too, you know. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like Yeah. Yeah. Does. It's funny because like whenever I tell like you know when I was in Japan I said like I am from Germany and then they say oh I like beer too oh German cars are cool and it's like uh, <laughs> okay. it's like I, I guess cool for you like what is this conversation I don't know what to talk about this in the same time like when I say here in Germany I am from Hong Kong it's like oh where is that I don't know Hong Kong or like no I don't know Malaysia I was like is that in China it's like yeah kind of kind of right. So it's 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 like this conversation doesn't continue, doesn't advance at all. It's just like a still stand, and I'm just like uh, like awkward silence between me and the partner. And I'm like, uh, let's shift the topic towards something else, like please. 
Okay, so I came up with this one question, but I kind of like answered it myself and made like a sub question towards it. But you can disagree with my first okay. question and see if we can talk about that. <laughs> okay, so I guess in terms of colorism, you know, different Asian countries, how do you think people from different Asian countries are treated different differently in a Western society? Mm-hmm. And if they are treated differently in a Western society? You know, like... Yeah, that's um, a good question. So colorism in Western society as opposed to colorism well, in Well, yeah, Asia. that was my second so question. Like, uh, okay. yeah, but oh, we, can, sorry, we can go into that Stop. later. So I guess right now we can focus on, like, Western countries oh. or Western societies. And then, like, mm-hmm. later we can talk about um, how, like, Asian people from different countries treat each other with different, you know, Asian mm-hmm. backgrounds. Oh, yeah. I see. And I think maybe like a disclaimer that this is like just based on yeah, our experience. Yeah, no, yeah, we don't speak for <laughs> yeah, you know, like not not to try and make it like super controversial. No. We're not saying that our views is that. No, this, it's just you know, remarks. But I do think colorism exists. A hundred percent. Um, in what uh, like I think the only way I can put it, especially in the Western context, is I think I have been very lucky and privileged as a result of my Japanese passport. I think that's the only thing I can mm. say. Um. Because people don't see me, it's not an it's not a it's not a country known for immigration. Um, it's a country that has a very universal passport that opens a lot of doors and tends to kind of be very neutral and tries to avoid any conflict. And among everybody, um, you know, after the Second World War, let's not go before the Second World War. But um, yeah, so like. Generally, I think I've been very privileged with that. And I think mm-hmm. people's, I do think people's opinions of me change when I say my, like, what, like, they might have an initial impression of where I'm from. And then when I say that I'm Japanese, like, I do think sometimes it changes mm-hmm. um, for the better most of the time. Um, that said, that said, I'll just very quickly, like, when I was in Holland, um, there was one only one incident, but there was one incident when um, we actually met a Indonesian family who actually had a very, very traumatic experience by the Japanese as a result of the Second World mm. War. And so a lot of like the Indonesian community in Holland, I would say, were a little bit like against like w- would maybe sometimes not speak to us because we were Japanese. Oh. Um, because of like historical reasons but apart from that like yeah i would say but that's maybe also not Western. i think that's more of like yeah. a, a historical stance as opposed to maybe yeah. colorism i think yeah um so i think there's like a similar type of uh energy with like my like vietnamese people i'm gonna say i'm just gonna talk about my family in general but um so my dad fought in the war um with the Americans against um, communism. So my dad's not very keen on any countries that's got to do with mm. communism kind of thing because, you know, he lost. And one country uh, that he's particularly not fond of is China, basically. So he's always pretty, like, res- not re- yeah, kind of resentful kind of, of that, but it wouldn't change his life, though. So, like, both of my sister-in-law are both, like, Chinese, like, half Chinese, half Vietnamese, and... 
he doesn't like you know not talk to them or like ignore them or anything he just knows you know, it is what it is kind of thing which in his life but it's like a similar thing but i don't that's not really more of the communism thing that's more of the history attached to it mm. yeah kind of thing yeah but yeah colorism i'm just trying to think so there was one instance when i was in vietnam and you know being in the western culture tanning your skin is more of like a glamorous thing because it shows you you know you've got money uh, to go on holidays and you know do blah 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 your money uh whereas when i was in asia because it was hot and i was like yeah i'm gonna go to the beach and suntan so i can get mm-hmm. tan skin all my cousins all my family members just scrunched up under like this little umbrella thing there like literally head to toe covered why would you ruin your porcelain mm-hmm. skin i was like because i want to be tanned I want to look like I'm rich. <laughs> <laughs> Where, like, pale skin is, like, you know, like, here, like, in, in like, more of the Western cultures, more of, like, oh, you're so pale. It's not very, you know, as desired yeah. as it is with tanned skin. So I know that's one thing, and maybe that is to do with colorism. Uh, I know we mentioned it kind of... Did we mention it before? I think we have. I don't know if we mentioned it on the pod, but I'm pretty sure we've kind of discussed it with what it kind of comes with. Um, you know, um, being dark skin in Asia kind of means you're poor because you've got to, you know, work outside and be outside in the sun. And most of those jobs are like, you know, um, working with like a rice, like rice farm or any type of farm, basically. It's low paid jobs. Whereas if you're more pale, then it just kind of shows that you're inside away from the sun, like working in an office or something mm-hmm. like that. Whereas, yeah, oh, it's the opposite really yeah. here. <laughs> what about you guys? What do you think? Uh, I hope I get the question right in colorism because um, from my experience in Germany, it's like I don't think they can differentiate between like Chinese, Japanese, yeah. or Chinese. Yeah. I think uh, for them, like I look Asian. That's the that's like that's like to say uh, the the safest option they have, the safest yeah. answer is like, are you Asian? It's like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> and when it comes then it comes down to like pointing out countries. They're just like, I have no idea. They, they, they know China, they know South Korea, maybe North Korea as well, yeah. because, you know, South North, and then Japan. But when it comes down to other mm-hmm. countries, it's like, like, oh, I don't know. Maybe Thailand. That's also like a big thing in Germany as yeah. well. But um, yeah, from like, I was like, people in, on the streets, they, they call me Ni Hao or they, they, they say Konnichiwa to me, even though like disregarding where I'm actually from. Um, some people jumped onto me and they said, are you Chinese? Like, I guess, or like Japanese. I was once called Vietnamese. And, interesting. and in Japan, they, there was this one lady who, who thought I was from Okinawa. Um, and it might, it might be because of my like darker taint or something. Mm-hmm. I just said, I played football. <laughs> That's the reason, yeah. because I'm so dark. I'm not, I'm not naturally that dark. I'm just playing football. So, um, but I, yeah, West, like Germany, I, from what I understood is like, they don't really understand like East Asia, Asia, whatever. Yeah. What about, um, what do you guys think about like people treating or like Asian people treating each other from different Asian countries? Cause that was my answer for my first question. Like, I don't think people in Western society can tell Asian countries yeah. apart. And that's mm-hmm. why I thought of the second question. Yeah, they can't. Basically, anyone from Asia is Chinese. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. 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 I think I got the question wrong. No, no, yeah, no, 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 no,
Asian, I think there is like a, a hierarchy-ish, in my opinion, with like uh, Asian countries. So I know definitely like East Asian countries, so like Korea, Japan, Hong Kong, are more, you know, at the top. And I don't know if that's because the economy mm-hmm. is more developed, whereas like Southeast countries are not as developed as um, the Eastern Asian countries. So they're kind of seen like a bit below. And that might also be also with like, the sun's obviously, they're more you know, closer to the equator, so it's hotter there, so your skin's a bit darker. And, yeah. So I know that. That's kind of the kind of feeling I have with East and Southeast Asian cultures. Um, but, yeah. What about you guys? What do you think? I think there is a hierarchy, but I don't know if it's economic or mm-hmm. historic or... Yeah. It might be a combination of all, to be perfectly honest. It seems like it, right? Because in the sense that, um, I like, I would happily... Okay, don't quote me on this. I'm not a historian. But I would happily... Um, knowing, like, people who listen and who know the research that I've done, maybe you'll understand why I say this. But um, I would happily say that like if it weren't for colonization um like southeast asian countries could be equally developed in many Mm -hmm. ways um but the fact is that they were colonized and i think that might also play a significant um role in terms of like the east asian countries weren't colonized officially and they were like and i think that there is like that status of like they were oftentimes the colonizers rather than the colonized whereas mm-hmm, the southeast mm-hmm. asian countries were colonized. the colonized mm-hmm. and they didn't a lot a lot by um western countries but also some by the east asian countries right like japan colonized a lot of places so like i think historically there's been a hierarchy mm-hmm. in terms of power but mm-hmm. like yeah i don't know very controversial mm-hmm. <laughs> you try not to talk about politics yeah it's like it's like I think I think for the general for like Japanese people Southeast Asia is a place to go but it's not the place to be mm. if that makes sense Whoa. like yeah look at that you know like to work to work or to live it's like they'd want to go for the holidays mm-hmm. you know and I think that's the attitude that people have in Japan. And um, and obviously, I think the Brits are quite known for queuing. I don't know why that's a thing, but um, they're known for it. So, you know, when you're just about to board the plane, you know, everyone's like kind of queuing to get checked in to the flight, etc. I went, I had a stopover when I was going to Dubai, Dubai to Beijing. And obviously, there were loads of um, like native Chinese people going back to Beijing as well. They did not queue. It was like, it was like, there was like concert tickets being sold and everyone wanted to get a ticket. And I was like, oh my God, what is happening? I got so annoyed. I was like, I was in the queue, but everyone's just dropping the queue. I was so offended. But yeah, that just reminded me of it. <laughs> I didn't think it was because they're Chinese. I was like, okay, it's clearly a culture clash here. Um, so I guess this is like a two-parter question as well. But what are... <laughs> what are some difficulties living in a Western society as Asian and difficulties living in an Asian country as a Western race? 
like I know there's differences, you know, there's different difficulties that you face depending on where you're living. So, so as an Asian living in the West, I would say the, the first and foremost issue for myself is I can't hide myself. Like I'm always Asian mm -hmm. for them and I'm mm -hmm. always visible. Like I, my hometown, for instance, like it's, a, it's like 20,000 people in there and there's like a handful of Asian mm -hmm. families. And when I was younger, there was less. So whenever my family or specifically me alone went out, I was like literally the attraction of the whole town. Like people stared at me all everywhere. And it's like, so that, that's the problem with like being Asian in the West that you, depending on where you live as well, yeah. like if it's a large city, metropolitan city or like, like rural places, you definitely be always uh, like an eye-catching thing for everyone. And the other issues is that people have some weird random expectations, which is also for both cases. But like, I was always asked like, oh, you can speak Chinese or you can speak blah, blah, blah. Oh, do you know this about this? Is it true that uh, Chinese people eat dogs? And I'm just like, I have no idea. I was born and raised here. Yeah. Like, how do I yeah. know this, right? And I can't speak Chinese. I can speak Cantonese. That's mm. a difference and such a thing. So there's always these expectations from their side and I can't fulfill them. So they are disappointed and I'm just like, I don't know how I deal yeah. with this. And the other side, like being Western Asian living in East, I think I, I take this, this side more positively because it, because I look Asian. So people assume that I have Asian, you know, Asian background, but I'm not. So there's always like this weird or like every actually funny interaction with people saying like, oh, are you Asian? No, I'm German. And then like, oh, cool. Mm -hmm. Kind of thing. It's like good icebreaking. Yeah. Uh, but I often hear from other people that I'm acting too Western, like I'm too white inside. Like I mm. like we have this word in, in China, which is yeah. banana, like the outside yellow, inside white. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I'm a I, I'm a full-fledged banana in that case. <laughs> like I'm very hard German for other people. So um I'm even more German than other Germans sometimes. Like, that's what people call me. Mm. And uh, what other things that are so difficult is like, I was, the same expectations. Like, whenever I went to Hong Kong, people expected me to speak Cantonese. But my Cantonese skills are like kindergarten, elementary school level. So I could never have like a decent like conversation with them. And my pronunciation is horrible, like toneless mm. to some extent. And because I'm also like, raised and born in Germany, I, had, I take these Western, how to say, codes with me, like hugging, you know, touchy, handshakes, and I'm breaching all the cultural rules in, let's say, Asian countries, because they're like, we don't hug here. I'm like, oh shit, sorry. Like you have this weird, weird feeling you want to hug them, but <laughs> yeah. they like, they go back and you're just like, uh, okay, let's go back kind of thing. Like, because you're used to it. So. But in both yeah. cases, like being from both sides, I think there's always this problem with like, you're always different. You can neither be one of them. Yeah. I can never be fully yeah. self that I'm Hong Kong, but I can never say that I'm German. And that problem creates that I don't have a home. Like I can't yeah. call either place my home because like I'm always seen as different. So that's what I answer this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, your question. Yeah, basically my answer too, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, same, same. same. <laughs> I feel like they're always same. going to expect you to be the other. So, like, whenever I'm in America, they expect me to have be more more Japanese, and then whenever I'm in Japan, you know, the other. Yeah, I think 
in the most extreme sense, you feel rejected in both countries. That like not love, you're you're just kind of there, like please love me, please please take me, like you know, please accept yeah. me, and they're like, no, because no. you don't you don't fit the criteria. A lot of the a lot of the comments kind of. I get from like people I know in Japan is like, oh, Japanese like actual Japanese people would never do the stuff that you do. Like they would never dress the way yeah. you do. They would never say the things you do. I'm like. But I am Japanese. It doesn't, you know, make me less of a Japanese just because I'm doing those things, you know. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And they try to like yeah. push me Nikki. out of the Japanese the category. Norm, kind of like this. You're, like, You're different. Stereotyped. Yeah. yeah. But then, like, mm. if you try, like, if I try and be a little bit more Japanese, they're like, "What? What are you doing?" You <laughs> and it's like. What do you mean that doesn't suit me? Like, can I not like try and get bangs or like you know just you know like really something stupid like that? And it's like, what are you trying to do? And it's like, I'm not trying to do anything. I'm just, what do you want from me? <laughs> just love me, please. Yeah. Just love me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, but I think Nikki summed it up. Yeah, basically, just yeah. whole life in a nutshell. <laughs> okay so i guess that was like all the negatives and the difficulties but what are some like positive (laughs) things like how did you overcome those difficulties and like you know Mm. what are positive benefits i I think i think you've mentioned actually where you said you know your mom said how you could kind of just pick the positive sides Mm. of both rather than you know focus on the negatives that's really kind of changed my view on things as well. I, you know, I get to pick the cultures that I enjoy. So, you know, with Chinese New Year, there's certain things I'm like, I'm not doing that. So superstitious. Eh? That doesn't make sense. And there's some that I was like, okay, yeah, fine. Give me money. That is great. Give me money. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. And like, I think it's, I don't know if it's in the Chinese um, culture as well, but I know in Vietnamese culture, it's only like married couples that actually give up the money. And I'm like, I'm not married yet. My nieces and nephews get nothing. Never going to get married. Get nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Not married. Yeah, I was like, well, they don't expect it from me. I was like, yeah, it's fine. And they're like, just wait until you're married. I was like, it's fine. That's so funny. Um, So it's like certain things I really do like, you know, appreciate. And like, like you mentioned as well, like taking off your shoes and those type of cultures and, um, we mentioned it before like well pretty much all the time but like you know the culture around mm-hmm. food I really kind of enjoyed like doing for like my friends or like loved ones etc um I'm just trying to think of anything British that I kind of do can't really think of anything that's probably because it's I just think it's normal so I don't really think to comment on it <laughs> but yeah that's mm. me I think uh, yeah just picking the goods and the bads well yeah parts mm-hmm. I think for me is that I okay I, I actually do that but I do I do play the minority card you know whenever it's whenever it's uh, convenient <laughs> I play like oh I'm Asian I think um, yeah. so it's it's like it's like it's like play, it's like playing with your minority status and I like I do it very good but, um, but I actually, like, the thing is like what I actually what I actually love to do and I mentioned that beforehand is that. I like to play with the people who try to treat me as like a uh-huh. label. So whenever they ask me where you're from, I was like, oh, now we come starting this. Like, 
So I tell all the places <laughs> and I go ahead or like when there's, there's always cool feeling when I go to like a restaurant and they give me the English card and I look at them and it's like, okay, I'm, in, I'm now Asian now, I guess. <laughs> but um, I, I just play around with it. I just make it like humorous yeah. for myself. So, you know, I, I, yeah. I have both sides. I, I don't really care. Because when I was young, I really hated being multicultural because of like the many comments I got. Like, oh, you're Asian. You have like, oh, how can you see through these eyes and kind of thing. Mm. And now mm. I'm just like, at least I can see, at least, right? <laughs> and so I, I, I try to be cheeky and mean towards the people who try to be like, you know, kind of racist. Yeah. And at the same time, mm. I think what I learned a lot from my, was that I had friends, especially when I met people from Hong Kong, that when I, I always had this identity crisis of saying like, okay, I'm German, but can I actually, can, can I say I'm from Hong Kong or I'm Chinese? And when I met people mm. from Hong Kong, they told me like, oh, so, your father from Hong Kong, so you are Hong Kong, like simple mm -hmm. as that. And I think this specific validation of like being kind of like accepted from the other culture really helped me to like see, okay, I can say both sides without thinking that it's okay, I'm just half one of them, but I actually part of it, I can be part of it without ever actually live ever longly living with it. So that helped me a lot, like seeing it mm. in a positive way now. And as I mentioned before, it's also a good icebreaking with my multicultural background because it's getting very confused. Like being German, yeah. but also being Hong Kong, Malaysian, studying Japanese, having Japanese girlfriend. So that's like all the confusion that happens. Yeah, I think like knowing that you can, if someone is mean to you, you can talk shit about them in a different language that like they don't understand like it's always entertaining right oh, and you can always like oh you know you could always just kind of play around with it like when they're mean to you can be mean back without them like actually knowing you know what? i feel like we what like i feel like we definitely did it a oh, couple yeah. times like 100%. in like restaurants oh, and stuff and like if they kind of go ahead go ahead go ahead <laughs> No, just like, you know, and they're, they're really cheeky about like us being noisy or something. And then we just kind of talk about them in English or like <laughs> the other way around. And it's just like, you know, getting your own yeah, back. Yeah, kind of similar to that. Like when you're in public. And they will never when know. When you're in public, you, well, I, this is like with my family. But whenever I have to go to the bathroom, I could just be like, I need to go poop or something in yeah. the language and I wouldn't oh, be embarrassed yeah, yeah, yeah. because it's just my family knowing like oh my stomach hurts or yeah. you know like they wouldn't understand what you know mm -hmm. the conversations yeah. are more private even though you don't have to even if, uh, if you're not whispering yeah. everything <laughs> yeah yeah I, I actually yeah. I actually used that to my advantage when I was like I was like shopping in Vietnam and my cousin told me like just ask them in English mm -hmm. first and then see if they're ripping you off. <laughs> so I did it. And then they were trying to sell me like these fake like designer glasses or something. And I just tested it out. I was like, I just want to see how it goes. And I was just like, yeah, it's £10. I was like, and I spoke in Vietnamese, like, it's a bit expensive. <laughs> I was like, oh, you speak Vietnamese. That's so funny. Never mind. It's a different price. I had the same experience. <laughs> when I was trying to buy my mini and we were trying to negotiate for the price, my dad and I would speak in Japanese and be like, this is what we have to do. Da, 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 da. Like, we should just, like, act like we're, you know, um, trying to decide, you know, and just, like, make them wait for, like, five minutes. And then they're going to bring it down at some point. And then we were just talking about random things. And then they were like, I think that was an episode, actually. 
in fresh off the boat. Yeah, no, I was gonna say it was in and, fresh like, off the boat. The husband boat. and the wife yeah, were like fighting, but they were actually fighting yeah. about like what they want for dinner or something. But I yeah, did the similar yeah. thing. That was and, like we were kind but, of able to bring down the price for my car. And it worked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I think so language funny. is like a That's big true, one. Yeah. Um, but there's always that fear, know. though. Like they might yeah. know the language sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just, just okay. but it's like it's like a yeah. rare, you know. I think it's like more rare. Like people know Vietnamese than they do know Japanese. Mm. In my opinion, mm. kind of thing. Like no one's no one's actively le- wanting to learn Vietnamese, whereas I feel like more people are actually true. looking to know Japanese. So especially mm. when I'm like in, a- in any Asian shop, restaurant or anything, I do not speak Vietnamese. I'm like, I don't know who's around me. I don't know if they're Vietnamese or not. I'm not going to risk mm. it. <laughs> kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's funny though. Yeah, so I would say like language, but also like I feel like I'm a lot less fearless when it comes to like going into new, like whether it's just traveling or doing new things or like going into new environments because like if you're already like don't really have like a solid home and you kind of know that you can be quite flexible and adaptable wherever you are because like you don't feel a certain like attachment so to speak like a really strong Mm -hmm. attachment that it has to be like this or things have to be this way and I think that's something that is definitely kind of I've been able to use to my advantage like as someone who moves about a lot or enjoys traveling and it's like it's you're you're open to try new things and you're open that people have different views and like yeah you're not I stuck guess, in one just in one way, culture I already think. you're already used to mm-hmm. adapting to both yeah so I think you're a little bit yeah and I think as a result of that like we're more fe- like we're a lot more fearless <laughs> about like how people perceive you because like it doesn't really yeah, matter yeah, <laughs> in a way yeah. yeah. One last episode I can mention, like about that, like using your language in advantage, is that so when, whenever I go, there was this one time when I went to a restaurant and with a Japanese friend and we were speaking Japanese. And so the waiter, waitress was actually thinking, oh, they are both Asians, kind of thing. And so I would try to play with her a bit. So I, I started like having this, I tried my best to make a very thick English Asian accent, but it was really bad. But she didn't got it. <laughs> but what I then did was, is when I paid, um, so I'm from southern Germany and we have very thick dialects. And I speak those dialects as well, like very fluent, to some extent fluently. It's like when you UK, you have like Geordie or like northern dialects, it's like that thick. So what I did then was I, I spoke with my, with my best thick dialect to her. And she was like, you know, when they, they look at you, and they want to crawl back to your room and they want to cry because they are so embarrassed. I, <laughs> I made her embarrassed so badly in front of, sort of everyone that I felt like, I felt bad for her, but you know, that's like a moment where you feel like, yes, I gotcha. But I feel still feel bad for her, I'm sorry. If you're ever listening, I'm sorry for that, but um, yeah, that's like my episode. <laughs> Do you have any questions that you wanted to ask, maybe, Nikki? Mm-hmm. Oh, I wasn't really prepared for any have questions to, if you don't have any, I should ask. So, you um, don't have to, yeah. But, I, but, but, but actually, like, because I listened to your podcast like, since like, the first episode, uh, 
you know, I was actually like I can relate to a lot of things those there, and I was mm-hmm. I was also thought like yeah, that happened to my sisters as well because like you know I'm from male so we have a different like being a male Asian is a bit different also mm-hmm. as well like you have different uh, expectations on you, but that's a sort of like a comment I wanted to say is basically I think I I, I said it to uh, Satoko before but um, like listening to this podcast definitely feels like you know like I may be completely ripping it off. But this is what I imagine a New York <laughs> underground jazz bar lounge having a chill <laughs> barkeeper. And then like all, all of us are like white Asians or bananas and like having like these thoughts, the super chill jazz music in the play in the background. And there's like, you know, but th- this, is how, this is how I like imagine this podcast. So it's a very nice, nice, nice concept. Uh, That's so yeah. funny. We should, we should change our logo to three bananas. Or like a yeah, tropical like theme for like banana. Banana. Like, no, we can ki- stick to like the jazz theme and then you know have what? like bananas as like the logo. <laughs> Whenever we um, get popular enough, I think we, our first meet and greet should be in a jazz. <laughs> it has to be now. Yeah, it has to be. That's so true. <laughs> that's so true. We definitely fit. That's so funny. <laughs> that's so true. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think yeah. We don't have a male perspective, like male Asian perspective, yet. Mm-hmm. But that's quite interesting. That's true, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be an interesting topic. But we are planning to in the future. Yeah. yeah especially yeah. like the gender, the gender norms and the dating. Yeah, uh, I would love to hear it from like the male perspective because, like, I can yeah. see, season I can two, see like what two. my brothers, you know, my brother goes through from my perspective, but maybe it's different, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It is. okay <laughs> i think that's all the questions i had i mean the last one's very cheesy so i don't really want to ask do it what's the question anyway i will just say you tell your sh- uh young self about being multicultural oh please don't make me do that i'll <laughs> answer that question so i don't I'll really answer that to to the younger viewers <laughs> or listeners no, you don't have to ask that. You don't have to. Ask. Or like, what, what? Or like, we could change it not to our younger self, but just to anyone who might be struggling right now. Because I think we all struggle at some point. Like, it always just comes around. Yeah, yeah you know? I think it's probably more of like you know, most of our experiences on the podcast is kind of the struggle that we faced. Yeah. And I don't know about you guys, but I felt really kind of isolated in that sense because you know I didn't have many Asian yeah. friends. Uh, to kind of talk about this type of thing and if we do we don't really talk about yeah. it kind of thing mm-hmm. and there wasn't any outlets to kind of maybe like watch or listen to or anything like that and I know that m- might have come with you know, the new age of technology yeah. now where it's easily accessible but um, I think mine is just you're never, you're never alone There's, you could think your family does the weirdest things but it's definitely not definitely not there, there's so many things yeah. that I've realised talking to you two girls especially like, I think that's crazy, my family, but apparently not. <laughs> apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I would I would also say something so, yeah. similar. You know, just try to find, like, a good community of people who have, like, different backgrounds like you. Or maybe if you don't have, like, you know, physical, like, close friends and, you know, in the same country, like, use the internet, you know, or, like, find platforms like this. I don't know. Makes you feel belonged. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I think isolation is really hits the nail in the mm-hmm. coffin. Mm-hmm. Like you always like because 
you like where I live, we didn't have like a Chinatown or like a specific Asian community mm. at all. So you always felt like, am I the outlier? Why am I getting hit and everyone else yeah. doesn't? Kind of question, you, you keep yeah. questioning yourself. So hearing experiences and um, like ex um, discussions about like the Asian experiences in Western countries or everywhere in the world definitely makes you feel less lonely and validates yourself mm -hmm. more into like the broader aspect because you are not alone, right? We are all mm -hmm. have the experiences that are different, but mm -hmm. also the same, like based on the same. So listening to this podcast or like having like friends um, who have the same, I think that really helps a lot. But yeah, you are not alone, I guess. No, no one is here alone in this case. We are all having mm -hmm. these experiences. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it definitely shows because we are all from different like places in Asia, different places in like the Western societies as well, and the problems are still you know apparent across mm -hmm. everywhere, essentially. So definitely not alone. Okay, <laughs> I guess that's it. If you want to connect with us, find us on Instagram at Asian Narrative Project. And if you also want to share your experiences about anything we talked about in this episode, send us a message. We're really looking forward to hearing from you. And in the meantime, tune into our monthly episodes and make sure you share it with your friends. Mm -hmm.